Welcome to the Bad for Business podcast by The Founders Fund. The Bad for Business podcast uncovers the real unfiltered stories behind the success of unconventional, disruptive, and downright bad for business entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Vivian Kay. Are you interested in joining a community of bad for business women identifying founders? If you're interested in getting access to funding, mentorship, and education for your business, visit us at foundersfund.ca to become a member. Let's do this. Hello, how are you? Good, good. In today's episode, I chat with Nuro Sharab, the founder and CEO of City, which means my grandma in Arabic. City is a social enterprise that aims to empower and restore hope to refugee women through the making of olive oil soap and other timeless products. Nura was the recipient of our resiliency fund, which interestingly enough, she didn't think she deserved to apply for. Well, this episode ended up going totally off script and turned into a vulnerable conversation about why women feel like they don't deserve to be supported and why you should ask yourself, what would Chad do? Enjoy. Hello, Nura. How are you? I am fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. So let's get right into it. Let's let's get right let's in. Let's do this. Let's do it. Okay. So first question is the one I love to ask first because I feel like it tells us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. So take us back to when you were a kid. What was life like? Like your family structure, cultural upbringing. Tell me about that. As a kid. So I think as a kid, um, I'll go I'll go back to when we first moved to Canada. Um, so I was born in Dubai and we moved to Canada when I was in grade three. And I remember um, my dad was always out of town because he um, had his own business back in Dubai. And uh, my mom uh, was the one kind of like taking care of us. Um, but I always, um, I remember being like that new immigrant that was like very, uh, didn't have a lot of friends, I have to admit. Um, I was kind of like the odd one out and I was always made fun of. Um, so that, I think that's like my memories of being a kid. And, and I wonder if like today I can meet some of the people that once didn't want to be my friends, if they would be my friends today. Well, why do you think they didn't want to be your friend? <laughs> I think it, it could be like, I was new to the country. I didn't like the different cultures and stuff like weren't so, um, like I wasn't accustomed to it. I remember like actually a really interesting story. Like at lunchtime, everybody would go to the local pizza store and get like a pepperoni pizza. And I was always not allowed to eat pepper. Like we're Muslim, so we don't eat pepperoni. And I remember like not getting it. And people are like, oh, she's different. Like, I don't know. I was always like, I just felt the odd one out. Um, and even like growing up, eventually when I did make friends, I was always the odd one out. Like, you know, the only Arab in the school or like the only Muslim and my friends and it was always like trying to explain like why my family did things a little different. Um, but yeah, I guess it's, 
it's funny. So it like sounds like a typical you, immigrant story, really. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I've evolved a lot since then. Like, I think things have changed a lot since then. And um, now I have my own kids that go to school. And I'm so I'm very conscious of like, how they are. And I'm always like dropping on when I'm dropping them off to school, I'm always like, remember to be kind, remember to be friends with the person in the back. <laughs> like, um, because I'm, I think unconsciously it's there at the back of my mind. Right. 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 That's understandable. So Nura, how have the funds from the founders fund impacted your business so far? So the founders fund, um, so I, oh, wait, wait, pause. Sorry. Um, I didn't actually, I wasn't one of the recipients of the, the grantee of the Founders Fund, but I did get the Resilience Fund. I just want to make it clear, just so like there isn't a confusion. That is, thank you for that. Uh, thank so you I wasn't that. one of the, I actually, Yeah, you weren't funny. one of the, I thought, okay. So you got, you had, you got the Resilience. Yeah. So it's a funny story because I applied for the Resiliency Fund, but then I actually did not apply for the founders fund itself because I didn't feel like I should um well that's interesting yeah I actually thought like I shouldn't apply because I wasn't going to get it and I wasn't worthy of applying and so I never applied and it's funny because when I got the resiliency fund I felt so like this is like it's yeah I remember like being really emotional like you know I felt like I shouldn't have applied and I didn't put myself out there because I was like, oh, other businesses are so much better off to get it. Why should I apply? Even though it's funny, like I signed up to be a member of the Founders Fund just to apply for the grant. And when the grant came to like apply, like to apply, actually like go through applying, I was like, no, I'm not going to apply because I don't think I'm worth receiving it. And when I was like previously before the, they announced the Founders Fund results, I had previously like quickly applied to the Resiliency Fund because of the whole COVID-19 thing. And I ended up getting that. And when I got it, I was like, I didn't even, it, like it, it was so unfathomable because I was like, I didn't think I was going to be recognized for for getting it. And so, yeah, so I just wanted to make it clear because I, I, I didn't want them to think that I did get it because I'd never applied. So, so you know what, Nuda, we're going to keep that in. <laughs> We're going to keep that in because you know what? That actually comes up a lot for the Founders Fund. It comes up a lot. And it's one of the things that I feel like I've been tasked to help change in the women that are part of the Founders Fund. Because a lot of us feel like we are not worthy of greatness, that we haven't done anything to deserve to get it. good things. And you know what? That is absolutely not true. It is not true. And I hate that people like that, that our, 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 our members feel that way because you absolutely deserve it. <laughs> I think you now, like, yeah, it, it, you know what? I think, I think as entrepreneurs and I think when you're part of something that's like a greater network, like the Founders Fund, you're connected to like incredible organizations. You see, you see incredible businesses that are doing really great things. And then sometimes we do this thing as women, I, and, and I say women because men don't do this as much, um, but we do this thing as women where like we will compare like, oh, look at the achievements she's gotten and like how much they were able to do, you know, X, Y, Z. And I'm not even there yet. You know, I'm still in debt or like I'm still, you know, trying to get to this milestone. And 
So when it comes to like being evaluated publicly, let's say, um, we suddenly get this, like I, for me, like I get like anxiety. I'm like, do we want to, like, how am I going to best represent? And then, and I, re- I, like, I remember, like, I looked at it and I was like, I don't think I should apply. I don't think um, our company is worthy. I don't think, I think other companies are probably better off. And I don't think I should. And I like, and it, and that was the, that was the, that was the number one reason I applied to become a Founders Fund member because I was like, oh, perfect. We get this funding and, and everybody contributes as part of it. So it's part of this, this like, you know, everybody's contributing towards this like grant and like that everybody gets access to and it's like fair for everybody. But then when it came time to it, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I, I can't do it. Um, so. Okay. So yeah. first of all, you do. Let's rewind. It. No, we're not rewinding. We're going to keep this all in because I honestly, this is, this is something that comes up a lot. And listen, I want us to remember if like, look at all the rich old white dudes doing all the things that they have no business doing. They have no business doing it, but the only reason why they're doing it is because they have the audacity. You had the audacity to start a social enterprise to empower and restore hope to refugee women through making olive oil soap. You don't think that's worthy of, of, of support, of, of access to funds, of accesses, access to resources so that you can in turn help those women? You absolutely are. It doesn't, listen, if you, what you're doing is helping in a way that a guy who's inventing I don't even know, a sponges that have happy faces on it and becoming a millionaire, you're doing way more for people. And it actually matters than those types of people, but they get the support, they get the resources, they get the funding because they had the audacity to open their mouth and ask for it. There is nothing wrong with opening your mouth and asking for what you need. That's the thing that they keep teaching us that it's not okay to ask. It is okay to ask. Why can they ask and we can't ask? I think what makes also, them more worthier than us? If anything, we should be asking, why not me? Maybe because we think it's not big enough. What's not big? Says who? I, I don't. I don't know. Says I don't who? know. I, I mean, I don't have. I, I'm not saying like that's the answer, but sometimes I think as women, we feel like if it's not big enough to ask for it, then it's not worthy enough. Yeah, but you know what? Who, it, who's right? the judge of that? Who is the judge of what is big enough? Who is the judge of that? No, like you, we cannot listen. We already have enough enemies happening in, you know, in life and in the world. We don't need to do that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want you to the eliminate that from your, from your thought process. <laughs> if anything, what you need to do is if you see something and you think, oh man, I don't, I don't deserve that. Turn it around, reframe yeah. it. No, you know what? I do deserve that. Why not me? Why can't I apply for that, for that grant? Why can't I get that access to those resources? Why not? Because the only people who are getting the things that they want in this world are the people who decide that it's theirs. Because these refugee women that you're helping, they don't have anyone to help them. That's why you decided, you woke up one morning and decided that you were the person to help them. So what makes you less deserving? than anyone else who's asking for money to help them with their cause. 
oh, this gets me all worked up. <laughs> because, you know, honestly, I, I've been in your shoes and I, and I totally understand because you think, well, my little business, I don't, I'm not doing anything. And it doesn't matter. It is your yeah. business. It is. It does matter. It may not matter to that person over there, but who cares about that person? It matters to the people that you're helping. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I, I think I believe it. It's just when I was kind of faced with it, it was like, no, I, 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 it's almost like I was telling myself, you're not going to get it. Why even try? But the funny thing is when I did be become a grant winner of the resiliency fund, and I remember being on the call with Sheena and Amanda. And when they told me, I the re and I remember like tearing up and I was like, I'm not tearing up so much about like the fact that I got this grant, which is great. And I'm so happy for, but I'm tearing up at the fact that like, I actually put a barrier in front of myself that didn't need to be for there. not applying to a previous grant because I felt I wasn't worthy and look at, and look at this very example of you guys showing me and telling me that yes, you are deserving of like your achievements and things that you've done as part of receiving this resiliency grant. And I, I remember like, she was like, why you didn't apply like why and and I remember telling her like and I remember telling Amanda and, and Gina like I just didn't think that I could compete with the other businesses and I think that's the thing as women like we we tell her things that are not necessarily things that are not necessarily true not true um and it, and it creates a barrier for our growth and our development and um I think we need we need to be a little less harsh on ourselves and like the things that we need to achieve. Um, and yeah. Have you ever heard me talk about Chad? Your son? No. So no, no. let me show you something. And you guys are, you Chad? guys can't see this, but I'm showing, uh, we're doing this on zoom. So she's going to see this. It's what would Chad what would do? Chad do? So, you know, you know exactly who this Chad is. Chad is the mediocre white guy. <laughs> doing all the big things because he has the audacity to do it. He's the president of the United States. He's the prime minister of Canada. I love you, Justin, but nah. <laughs> you know, they're all doing things they have no business doing. They don't have the qualifications. They don't have the, 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 you know, the qualifications period. Right. So, but they have the audacity. So Chad, what would Chad do isn't really meant to diminish anyone's accomplishments or to bash men. It's really but that, but that reminds me, but I'll, that like that to me, like what would Chad do for me was like every single job that I would apply for that I was more than confident I was, I was qualified for and never even got an interview. And then looking at the people that did get the job and be like, how did they even get it? And how is this you know person how? in the position that they're at? And it would make me like, you know, Put in more internship hours and more volunteering hours and more extracurricular activities and more and more and more. And I was never like up to the standard of like, you know, getting that super executive position that I wanted at a top level company, let's say. And it almost, it always boggled my mind. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? I'm not, you know, I'm, it's not like I, I don't have the degree. It's like, it's not like I don't have the experience. It's not like that I don't have the intelligence or I'd like to think I do. Um, and it was always really difficult because you, I would compare myself to these people that would get to that level. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Right. No, and you're not doing anything wrong. All of it really, it's because it's confidence, right? It's really all, that's really what it all drills down to because you were, you were probably better 
like you were qualified, if not better than the people who actually got the job. But you know what? It's the confidence that it ex that they're exuding that convinces people that they're qualified to do things that they're not able to do. Right. Like, look at if you look at Trump, if you look at Trudeau, if you look at even Doug Ford, the premier of Ontario, they are all men who have no business doing what they're doing. But because they've got these this audacity about them, this energy that you can't say no to me. So that's the same energy we need to take on as women. So when you think, oh, you know what? I'm not qualified. Oh, I don't know. And people will talk. Who cares? Because you know what? Chad wouldn't think that way. Chad doesn't give a rat's ass. He would apply for that job and he would get it. And Chad's even going if he to get it. He's going to get it. And you know what? Even if he doesn't, he's like, that's their loss. They're losing out on a great person. And you're like, but Chad, you were not that great. I don't care what anyone thinks. <laughs> I think I'm great. Therefore, I am. And that's the same way you need to think of it, too. So all those jobs that you didn't get, that's their loss. Guess who's, guess who's winning? Those refugee women that you're helping support and empower. Because once you help that one, if you just help one person do something, they are it's a trickle effect. They're going to help others. And that's how we get change in this world. You cannot underestimate the power of helping one person. You can't. Yeah. But Chad's not thinking that way. No. But you can. That's the difference between you and Chad. So if anything, you just take what would Chad do and use it as a way to help you immediately dismiss negative thoughts that pop into your head. So the next time you see a fund that you think, oh, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't apply because I'm not worthy. Wait a minute. What would Chad do? What would a mediocre white dude He would do? apply. He would apply. He would apply. He would yeah. apply. Well, this took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah. know what? But this is, I always say, you know what? Sometimes you can have a plan, but, you know, as long as you focus on the goal, that's what the goal is. So the, the goal was to have a conversation with you and learn about you. And I think by your being vulnerable and sharing the fact that you didn't think that you were even worthy of winning the resilience fund, that's that's going to impact thousands of women around around the world that yeah. listen to that will listen to this and think and, and I, I can't and I be like it's, that. It's, it's been such a lesson for me. Like, you know, we were we were grant winners of the Resiliency Fund, and, and it was so amazing because it opened my eyes of like exactly what you said. Why not apply to every other grant that comes my way? Whether I think that, get the it, worst they can yeah, say is like, no. And then exactly. what? You move on and apply to another one. A hundred percent. And I think from that point, it was really a reminder for me to be like, um, just apply. You don't get it. You move on to the next one. And so I think ever since then, I'm like, all right, anything that comes my way, if I feel like, you know, we fit the criteria, just apply. If we don't get it, we move to the next one. And, and it's really, not, it's not a testament of my worth. It's not a testament to um, my, my success or failure, I think it's just a matter of, there's a lot of incredible women doing incredible things and some will be recognized for some things and some will be recognized for others. But if I'm not putting myself out there, if Stitsy's not putting, you know, itself out there as a company, if I'm not putting the company out there, how am I expecting it to be recognized if I'm not pushing it 
like full throttle. And so, and it's funny because I'll have conversations with people. They're like, oh my God, how come this is not out? Like, why don't you, you should contact the Toronto star and you should go to the Maryland dentist show and you should kind of really be out there. And I was like, and I'm like, okay. And sometimes I'm like, do they really care about the story? Yes, they do. (laughs) You know what? You know what it is? Listen, people aren't necessarily focused on olive oil soap. They're focused on the refugee women that yeah. you're helping to empower. People love and, that, and, the, and that's and that's the thing, Vivian. Like when I started, it wasn't about all. It wasn't like I sat there in my living room and was like, "I'm going to start an olive oil company." Like at all, it didn't start like that. We were literally approached by you know refugee women from the community that gave us a box of soap and was like, "Can you help us sell this?" And I remember like looking at the soap and I'm like first of all, the soap at the time was like ugly packaged and really like, it wasn't whatever. And I remember like, this isn't about the soap. This is about women who some of them are grandmas. Some of them are mothers. Some of them are, you know, just really trying to make something out of their life. And for them, that was soap. That was just using their hand, their skills, their hands, the, the, the training they received to like make something. And they're like, we're just trying to make this to put food on the table. To me, the olive oil soap is a means to something greater for this, for these women. And so when I tell people, this isn't just about soap, I know it sounds cliche, you know, we're a soap company, but it's not about the soap. It's not, it's, it's, you know, you can go get your Dove bar for 99 cents of a dollar I'm out. Like that's okay. Right. And it's not, it, it doesn't say that, you know, we're any better or any less, but for us, and, and I, and I tell this to people all the time when we're pushing out the soap, yes, I do think it's the number one olive oil soap in the market because I just think it's amazing. But beyond that, I also think that we have a greater story to tell. And these women have been, you know, in the shadows for so long that this is an opportunity for them to do that. And so that was the mission all along to tell their story. And if we're not telling it through pushing it out, if I'm not doing a good enough job pushing it out in people's faces and shoving it down their throats, then I, then what am I doing? So let me tell you this. Next time you come up against something and you and you those negative thoughts start bubbling in your head, just think this. You would be doing those women that you're trying to help a great disservice by not talking about the work that you're doing for them a huge disservice because like he just said, it's not about you. It's about them and they need you because you have the voice to help them do the things that they, to help them feed their families, to help them keep a roof over their heads, to help them clothe their children. And that's what you're helping them do. So the next time you come up against that negativity, think of those women who need your help there's been times of being like, um, where like, I feel this sense of responsibility, right? Like I could have walked away, you know, years ago when she got tough and I was like, oh, you know, I can't do this anymore. But a lot of the times I'm like, why am I doing this? It's not about me. It's not about what I'm doing. No. Right. And that's the whole, like for, for a business that is a social enterprise, it does go back to like your mission. Right. And and you know what, with the Founders Fund, it's so amazing because sometimes you join these groups and then it's like very superficial. Yes. And I've seen some of the conversations like on Slack and like, I'm just day in, day out. Like, I'm just amazed because 
there's this there's this feeling and you see this on social media like collaboration over competition but then like let's cut the chase honey like you know shit. we can swear yeah. on this <laughs> yeah, like, exactly like there's so many times where people are like oh let's do this and then i'll have people that like will go behind my back use my suppliers and try to like you know and yeah. i'm just like and i'm fine like ask me i'll tell you but like right. don't try to like cut corners and right. try to make it seem like you did it on your own right um and and i think that we underestimate the power of helping each other out and like Absolutely. you're not going to eat from my pie if i give you like oh if i'm like oh what do you use for that tool oh um i'll get back to you i'll have to ask my web guy i'm like you know you're your own web guy like just tell me yeah yeah well those are the people Um, those are the people who are afraid like those are the people who have that negative mindset right like they're they're very um they've got that lack that lack mindset they don't think that there's enough to go around so they must hoard and keep everything to themselves because someone else is going to come and take it where that's not true there is so much out there to be had and no one's going to do it the way you would do it yeah so do it the way you would do it anyways. Why are you, why are you copying me? <laughs> yeah. But I, I, it's such a beautiful, like the community, like as it's growing mm. and it's, as it's evolving, you can really see it. Um, because I feel like when we're genuine with each other, you see that back, you see that reciprocate yeah. right back. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's just, and I think there was like recent data that was like you know women that are invest like people that invest in them in the return like are they go back and invest in other women in the future and that's such a huge thing for us like men don't do that (laughs) they just they think of themselves where where, where did I read it somewhere it was like when they ask men what they want to be um you know and like what what success is defined they 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 say like um oh becoming a millionaire and when they ask women it was more like finding a life uh, a, a life work right. balance, balance is, is success, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and for me, like being an entrepreneur, like I have three kids, mm-hmm. and so it's 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 always like, you know, I can leave everything and go to the corporate world, which is easier, honestly. Like I can close the doors at five p.m. and be like, I'm done yeah, for the you're day. Done. That's it. Me. Um, as opposed to like, you know, when you are constantly like trying to get your business to the next level, and and just having that, that support is so incredible. And yeah. Wow. Well, I'm so glad that you're a part of it and that we could help you help others. Uh, That's what, that's what we're all about. That's what we're all about. So Nuda, I asked this for, I asked everyone this question, what makes you bad for business? That it's not about the bottom line. It's not about cutting corners. It's mm. not about getting the the best for my buck. It's mm-hmm. really about something bigger. And I think the business we're used to is has been all about that. Has been about right. the best price you can get, the best bargain you can get. You know, um, how many people you can screw over? Yeah. yeah. Um, how can I lower my my cost of good to the absolute least so that I can make more? Mm-hmm. And sometimes as a social enterprise, you can't think that way right? because it's easy to, to cut corners. Um, it's easy to make, um, you know, to, to go the cheaper route, mm-hmm. but it's harder to be ethical. It's harder mm-hmm. to play the impact. Like it's, it's harder to actually be impactful and like actually do what you say. Um, 
it doesn't necessarily cost like it actually is um it's 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 a harder process right you have to consider yeah. things more you have to ask more questions yeah and it's bad for business because we're telling we're we're creating a shift in the industries and we're asking people to ask important questions that they never did before right we're asking them to be like you know what's in your soap look in the ingredients right who made it how is it made mm -hmm. how is it packaged these questions that 10 years ago probably were not as so relevant it's creating a shift not just for the consumers that are buying them but also the re the big retailers that are carrying them right. and that's an important shift that we'll see so okay so that makes you bad for business <laughs> i think <laughs> <laughs> But Nuda, where can we find the soap? Where can we help you help other women? So you can, if you're in, in Ontario, you can actually find our soap at Whole Foods Market, uh, which is awesome. You can also find it on, well, some of the, some of our soap products are on well.ca, um, which also has some great businesses um, on there as well. Or you can just buy straight from siftysoap.com um, right on our website. Um, and, you know, support every purchase really, really does. When I say like every purchase makes a difference, it goes right back to the women that we employ and the services that we offer on the ground. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Wow. Thank you. Thank yes. you for having, like, this is, this has been a memorable episode for me. This was memorable. <laughs> and I, and I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, thank you. Vivian. But thank No, thank you. Uh, you know what? You're welcome. That's another thing. That's another thing I learned. When someone says yes. thank you and it, you say, you know you what? Just say you're welcome. welcome. You receive it. That way you yes. can receive more. Yes. Right. So, oh, my heart is so warm. You're so um, you're amazing. Oh, thank you. You are too. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Okay. I will have a great see you around. Wednesday. Thank you. Yes. You that was an emotional one, guys. I was sitting here in tears because I, I, I see it all the time. I hear it all the time. And it's, it's the reason why the founders fund is here. It's the reason why we do what we do so that we can lift up and support and empower as many women as possible. Because when we, do, when they do that, or when we do that, they go back to their communities and do the same. As if this conversation couldn't get any better. The day after Nuda and I chatted, she was awarded an additional $5,000 from the Encircled Impact Fund. This impact fund provided funding and mentorship to underrepresented women identifying business owners that have a social purpose mission through a product-based business. This fund was made possible by Christy Sumer and her stylish sustainable clothing brand, Encircled. And Nura got this money all because she had the audacity to apply. So... Go out there and be audacious. This has been another episode of your favorite unconventional and unfiltered business podcast, Bad for Business. We'll see you again next week where we will be finding out the real stories behind the success of another Bad for Business entrepreneur. Be sure to check out the Founders Fund community at foundersfund.ca.